Welcome to the City Collective Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Well, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, like I said, if this is your first time here at City Collective, thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is Jason, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here, and we are uh, ending our summer series today. It's hard to believe, yes, it is the final Sunday of summer 2022, uh, and we are ending our series as we have walked through the book of Proverbs. Uh, we've asked many questions throughout the summer and, and been confronted with the idea that Proverbs is more than uh, a book of catchy phrases and nice sayings, but it's actually an invitation to discover wisdom in the person of Jesus, to find wisdom in the character of God and see how that reflects in our everyday lives. Um, so today, uh, we, we can talk about a lot of profound things, I think, when we consider the word. Uh, we can talk about things that matter to us deeply. But sometimes the things that we actually long for, we don't equate to that which matters as, as much as other things. When we consider God's character, God's character is one of, of compassion, of grace, slow to anger, abounding in love, faithfulness, and justice. And wisdom is, is aligning our lives with that character. And this is the spiritual journey that we've considered throughout the book of Proverbs. And in this final week, I wanted to, to close with a, a word of wisdom that I think is relevant for our community, and, and for any community, in fact, uh, looking at perhaps one of the most uh, common ideas that gets neglected. This morning, we're going to talk about friendship, because the Proverbs care deeply about the friendships that you have. So we're going to read a couple scriptures, and we're going to dive in together. So we're going to, you can follow along on the screen behind me. We're going to read Proverbs 18, verse 24, and then a few other Proverbs as well. So Proverbs 18, verse 24 says, A man of many companions, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 27, verses 5 to 6, and then verse 9 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Perfume and incest bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Final Sunday of summer 2022, and we're talking about friendship. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us here today, for the opportunity to enter into your presence. I, we just pray right now that there is uh, an openness within us to consider our hearts as we step forward into this week. Relationships we might have and burdens we might be carrying, we just pray that there is a sense of your peace that overwhelms us in everything we do today. May we come to know you and in turn know ourselves more than ever before. Thank you for the revelations found in your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, uh, as you can see, the school is a little disheveled at the moment. Uh, and we're not the only people that are a little upset about it. I, the principal is not too thrilled with the fact that school is right around the corner and they have students coming to a 
location where there is not lockers for them to put their stuff. So they are in for a bit of chaos. But I don't know about you, but I remember those initial days of getting back to school, those things that you had to get put together. You had to get all your supplies. You had to get your clothes in place. And then if you were going to a new school, you were asking the question, oh man, am I going to know anyone or even further, uh, am I going to have any friends? And you show up to school on that first day, and everyone's awkwardly looking at each other. If it's a, a new group of people, maybe there's a couple, couple clicks that have already branched off, and people might know each other. And then you see someone across the room, and they've got a pin on their backpack for a TV show you like, and then you make a conversation, and now you're lifelong friends. That, that was kind of like the first day of school. You're looking for some opportunity for connection. Uh, we, we all crave this idea of friendship. And in, in many ways, I think this idea of friendship when we're younger seems to be of higher value to us than as we get older. As we get older, friendship seems to go on the back burner. There seems to be more important things to commit our time and energy towards. But I think this theme today is a crucial one in the book of Proverbs because the Proverbs say that you are not going to be a wise person. You're not going to lead a wise life unless you are great at choosing, forming, and keeping friendships. There is an emphasis on it that I think we often lack in our adult lives. So to lead a wise life, you need to choose, form, and keep true friendships. So there's a couple questions that we're going to engage with this morning. First of all, do we see friendships as necessary? Second, how do we form them? And third, are we actually prepared to receive that which we inherently desire? Are we prepared to be a good friend? So let's consider that first question for ourselves. Do we see friendships as necessary? When you believe something is necessary, how do you approach it? You dream about it. You're thinking about it when you wake up, when you go to sleep. It is at the forefront of your mind. If it is a necessary component of your life, and if it is at any point not where you want it to be, it is at the forefront of your thought. When does friendship ever come to that place for you? Has it been that place for you? Have you ever found yourself longing for friendship in that way? And if so, I would say that is a, a, a godly desire. God wants you to have friendship because God wants your life to flourish and God wants you to discover wisdom. And if the Proverbs say wisdom comes in friendship and friendship leads to flourishing, then your desire is a godly one. It's something that God wants for you and it's something that we should want as well. Proverbs 18 Verse 24 said that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it's communicating that there is a friend who can be better than a sibling. Realize, this is being said in a culture that was far more family-oriented than our own. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says that a friend loves at all times, but a sibling is for adversity. What's it, what is it trying to say? The writer is communicating that family is going to be there for the adversity. There is loyalty and there's memories and, and there's that inherent approach that you have with your family. But they may not like you. They may not actually want to hang out with you. 
but a friend is someone who has chosen you. There's, there's something different. I'm not trying to say you can't be friends with your family. If some of you are like, I got great friendships within my family. I'm not trying to say that. But at a baseline, a friend chooses you. Family doesn't get that choice. <laughs> the word in uh, 18, verse 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 24, says the word sticks. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it comes from this Hebrew word meaning a commitment of passionate love. A friend is better than a sibling, and friendship is a choice. There is a uniqueness to friendship more so than other relationships. Because friendship brings something into your life that that family or romance or even just a baseline communal neighborly approach doesn't bring. And what we see more often than not is that every culture puts friendship on the back burner while the Bible contends that we need friendship in order for our lives to flourish. It's irreplaceable, in fact. So what gets placed first in our culture? Well, in our liberal individualistic culture, we often see erotic or romantic love placed at the forefront. If you're going to watch, uh, if you go to the grocery store and you're, you're checking out all the magazines that are on the side, how often is it talking about two friends that got in a little bit of strife? Not very often, maybe. But they're going to talk about this person slept with this person or this relationship broke up. That They want the hot gossip on all the things that are romantic love, but the things of friendship are not elevated within our individualistic liberal culture. There's a different emphasis even around us. You consider movies and and music. If you were to stack all of the CDs that talk about love and the ones that talk about friendship, I have a feeling that it would be a quite different stack. One, One of the greatest trilogies, and this is not just my opinion, this is a fact, uh, to ever come out, The Lord of the Rings, approaches it a little bit differently, in fact. It places actually the beauty of friendship as a central theme throughout it. And the romantic stuff, in fact, if you've ever watched it, uh, Aragorn and Arwen, it's actually found in the appendices of the book. But Hollywood felt the need to, to bring the romantic side to the forefront and put it in the central part of the story. Wasn't the central theme of friendship enough? I think so. The friendship of of Sam and Frodo, that made me far more emotional than anything Aragorn or Arwen were experiencing in that movie. But yet, there's this belief that friendship is not enough. Or friendship will not fulfill you. And how have we become believers of that statement? And how have we actually oriented our lives so that Friendships are not given the prominence that God desires for your flourishing in your life. C.S. Lewis, and in his famous essay on friendship, he says, Friendship is the least instinctive, organic, biological love. It's the least necessary of our loves. It has the least commerce with our physical system. There's nothing throaty about it, nothing that quickens the pulse or turns you red and pale. Therefore, what he's saying is this. You're going to work long hours. We live in a busy culture. 
And all the other loves, all of the other relationships will pull and push at you. But friendship actually is an incredible, deliberate choice that we need to set ourselves towards. But spent over time, it eventually gets squeezed out without that intentionality. Have you noticed that? You get busy, you're going to make time for, I got to make time for my family. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I got to make time for the responsibilities I have in, in, in my neighborhood. I, I, I want to have time committed for the romantic relationships in my life. How often do you think to yourself, I haven't seen that really good friend of mine in six months, a year, two years. How time goes by so quickly that the friendships in our life that are meaningful and transformative and God-ordained get thrown to the wayside. Friendships are necessary, and yet we don't treat them often as such. The book of Proverbs says that you won't make it without friends. It's pretty, it's pretty harsh about it, in fact. That friendship brings something in your life that's unique. It says, actually, that a fool perishes either for a lack of friends or for poorly chosen friends. So friends matter more than we think they do. So if, if, fool, if sorry, if friends, fools matter too, but friends, if they matter, how do we choose them? How do we form them? And how do we keep them? And maybe choose is a little bit of a misleading word because I would say that in fact, uh, friendship is more something that is discovered. Proverbs 18.24, it reads that a man of many companions may come to ruin, but a friend sticks closer than a brother. Notice that the contrast isn't between equal entities of, of people. This is companions in the group and a single individual. What the proverb is communicating is that a friendship is rare. It's, it's not meant to be that you're friends with every person in your life, that there's that intimacy that exists, but there needs to be an intentionality of intimacy, of relationship that becomes a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A friend that is true is a person that is rare. Proverbs 27 verse 9 says that perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from an earnest counsel. The, the word pleasantness in the Old Testament was often associated with this idea of, of sweetness. That, that is to say that real friendship is like delicate, delectably sweet food. And this is what's interesting. All the commentators, they point out that when the book of Proverbs was written, nobody had sugar yet. This wasn't a... a, a household entity that you could go just sweeten something up. They didn't have that simply to sweeten their food versus today when everything is so easily sweetened and done so. Today, you create sweetened food. Back then, you discovered sweetened food. So what does that point us to? Friendship actually requires a foundation that cannot be fabricated. It can only be discovered. This foundation is a common love. And this is fancy language, perhaps, of saying 
Your friendships that are going to be meaningful in your life is not just simply saying, I want to be your friend. It is looking at each other and discovering we love some, some of the same things. Maybe it's an odd thing. Maybe there's a reality TV show that you're connected with. Maybe it is a love of, of a diner or, or a food item. Maybe it's a book, but per perhaps it's even something more deep than that. And when you discover that common love, it's uh, C.S. Lewis talks about it, and he says it's as if you come across someone and you say to yourself, oh, you love that too? You, you discover that friendship. I thought I was the only one, but you love that too. And then there's that meaningful foundation which is built. So first of all, friendship is something you discover. So this is my encouragement to you this morning. When you are considering, my, my life is so full of so many different things right now. I don't even know if I have space for friendships. One of the best things you can do is create opportunities for you to discover Put yourself in spaces where you have a conversation, where you speak honestly. Often when we're in public spaces, we eliminate the opportunity for real friendships by not being our true, genuine selves. We communicate what we think people around us want to hear, and therefore, we cannot find the common loves that might be the connection and foundation for a true friendship to actually come forth. If you like something and you don't think that it's super popular, still communicate it. If there's something that brings you joy and you want to share it, share it with someone because you're not looking to please everyone, but maybe God has a friendship with for you in that conversation that's going to flourish in your life. And it might be over something little and be the foundation for something great. This is the invitation of God. Be who you truly are and trust that the Spirit of God wants you to flourish more than you do. And will invite those moments that take place, those connections to take place, those foundations to take place for friendship to flourish. And man, when we have friendships in our life that flourish, we think to ourselves, someone chose me. Not simply because of something I could give to them, but because of the love that we shared together. Friendship is something that we discover. Now, the book of Proverbs, it outlines things that you can do to build friendship. So once you discover a friendship, it's not enough to have a good foundation. On a house, if you lay a great foundation, it doesn't do a whole lot until you build something upon it. So the ways in which Proverbs outlines for us how to build a great friendship are three different things. Constancy, care, and candor. Constancy, care, and candor. Proverbs 17, verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times. What does that mean? Well, if you're a friend, maybe you spend all your time together, but that's not what it's actually trying to communicate, that you're just at someone's house all the time, hanging out. Actually, in Proverbs 25, 17, it says that you shouldn't spend, over spend time at someone else's house because you might make them sick of you. It's, it's pretty honest. Too much of you and he will hate you is what they say. But Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, meaning all kinds of times. It means that you and I, to be a friend and to have a friend means that people are showing up, good times, bad times, ordinary times. In other words, you can't be a friend without availability. You can't 
have friendships unless you find yourself available. Now think about this. The Proverbs are contending how friendships are important for flourishing of our lives. And we might be missing out on our lives flourishing simply because we have not made ourselves available for our friendship to be formed. There, there's something to this. I know I feel frustration when I think about sometimes flaky West Coast culture. It drives me nuts at moments. Where we think to ourselves, well, I, this is planned. We had this in, in the calendar, and they're still not going to show up. That does not seem like the foundation of a friendship, and that does not make me believe in constancy in that moment. There is something about showing up and being present. <coughs> I think often we, we over-spiritualize so much of what it means for God to be in our lives and for us to flourish. But perhaps one of the things that you can do in the spaces that you're in is I'm going to be a person who learns how to stand constant. To have a constancy to, to my approach, to my language, to the presence that I bring into my relationships. And when I do so, it's not just availability. It means that I'm going to be there even when it's inconvenient for me, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard. A man of many companions comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That is to say, a friend will not let you go to ruin. The, the, the Proverbs are full of parallelism. And when it's talking about the companions and the friend, it's trying to elevate us to know that the friend is someone who will, who will not let you go to ruin. I'll be there even when it costs me something. So that's to be constant. The second thing is, is care or carefulness. Is there genuine care that you share for one another in relationships? And maybe this is the, the filter that you need to be asking yourself. In, in friendships that you have, are you able to be happy when they are feeling sad? Do you feel just nothing emotionally when friends or individuals you are with are experiencing a difficult moment because I think true friendship has a deep emotional awareness and connection that makes it difficult to simply brush it off in those difficult moments Proverbs 17 verse 9 says one who forgives and affront fosters friendship but one who dwells on disputes will alienate a friend I think we've all been there when a friendship goes a little bit wrong, when emotions are raw and forgiveness is needed for a friendship to survive or form. Often, and this is not isolated to a friendship, this is in relationships in general, forgiveness is only possible when we start to consider where the other person is coming from or the emotions they might be carrying or the, the, the struggle that they might be in the middle of. A friendship gets lost oh so quickly when the only person you're thinking about in the conversation is yourself. But care and carefulness within a friendship considers the other first. It has the character and the disposition of Christ guiding the relationship that you wish to see flourish. In friendships, you give the gift of emotional connection 
voluntarily. I've, I've heard it say this, that for a, a family with more than one child, that the parents can only be happy, as happy as the saddest kid. And I'm not trying to be a, a downer. There's lots of happy kids in our church. Um, <laughs> but that, that's the relationship of family, right? I don't think that we would say that we were, were only as happy as our saddest friend. I don't think we often ha- carry that kind of emotional connection. But if it's a true friendship, there is this gift of emotional connection that's given voluntarily. And this is a beautiful foundation for friendship to really flourish. I think back upon some of the friendships in my own life. Ones that, to this day, that I I know I can just go to and there's a safety that's there. And I can think back to specific moments where it was accountability and vulnerability that began to flourish within our relationship. There was an openness that wasn't there before that suddenly unlocked our friendship in a way that it had never had been before. Maybe you've seen that for yourself. Friends that you've had an honest conversation with, and for the first time maybe ever, you looked at them and you're like, this is someone I want to be in my life for a long time. Thank goodness that I have this friendship because care is a building block of true friendships. And then the third one that very much ties into care is candor. Truth-telling. Back to Proverbs 27, it says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. These metaphors are, are deliberately vivid. In the old King James, it says it this way. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And this is a metaphor for words that your friend needs to hear that are painful but need to be said. And this comes easier for others, for some than others. Uh, I think care for some comes so naturally. You have a deep empathetic spirit and you automatically respond to, with care towards those around you. But then you hear about candor and truth-telling, and you think about conflict maybe coming out of it, and you're like, thanks, but no thanks. I'll stick to this building block of care. Candor can be their responsibility. But truth-telling is one of the elements that the Proverbs talk about as a foundational piece of any healthy friendship. Sometimes we make this statement in error. I love that person too much to tell them the truth. When in reality, we're saying that I love myself more than the difficult conversation that would make this person move forward in health. And to be honest, I'm I'm preaching to the choir. I'm more than more on the side of care than candor. I don't want to hurt someone's feelings, especially a friend. But this is the balance that we're invited into, and this is why the Proverbs is all about wisdom. It's not saying one or the other, it's saying both and. If I have an emotional connected relationship with someone, I will hopefully communicate in a manner that's aware of where they're at with a desire for where they're going. 
truth-telling within a relationship matters. In 29, uh, Proverbs 29, verse 5, it says, instead of telling your friend so they get an accurate view of themselves, we're missing out on the opportunity for them to flourish. This is what happens sometimes in the life of the rich and famous. They've surrounded themselves with individuals who aren't going to actually speak truth to them. And they've developed a false impression of what their reality actually is. Part of candor within a friendship is actually providing your friends a true impression of the reality that they have so they can move forward honestly. How problematic is it when we believe one thing and we start to operate along that path when it is not true? About ourselves, about our society, about one another. Truth-telling, candor, is vital for our relationships. And there's a dance between candor and care. And, and the manifestation of the two in a friendship often comes about in the space of counsel. Speaks, Proverbs 29, 27 verse 9 speaks of heartfelt advice and the joy it brings. So we need to use these building blocks to forge friendships among us. And, and this is difficult, though. And, and I wonder for, even as I was processing through these different building blocks this week and seeing what the Proverbs was inviting us towards, there was a couple different things that I was feeling. Uh, one of the reasons that I was feeling is this feeling of longing. And I, I wish I had candor, care, and constancy within the relationships of my life. And the thing is, we live in a culture in which our friends seem to be taken away faster and faster. There's the reality of this cultural mobility that we're in, where people are moving in and out of our lives. And it often feels like I don't even have enough time to build a relationship that's meaningful. And then we get to a place that I'm not going to even pursue a relationship at all. It feels like it's hurt me to the point that I can't even, I can't even respond honestly. I can't even open myself up like that again. And we are just stuck in this place of longing. But the second response that you might be feeling that I felt this week was a little bit of sheepishness. Because more often than I would care to admit, we don't have the friends that our hearts need because, not because of our terrible mobile society, but because we aren't the friends we should be. We long for friendship but we aren't prepared to be the friends that our hearts long for. And, and, and this is sobering. We don't get constancy because we don't give it. We don't get care because we don't show it. We don't get candor because we don't provide it. And our heart is left longing. And then we sheepishly think to ourselves, well, I don't think I'm giving that either. But here's the thing. If the Bible is going to emphasize the importance of friendship and the wisdom that it comes with it, it also provides us the power by which we're able to do it. We need a power that's greater than ourselves to be the friends that we need to be so that we can have the friends that we need to have. The night before Jesus died, 
he was desperately trying to tell his disciples the meaning of what he was about to do. And one of the things he says to explain to them is with the conception of, of friendship. And this is in John chapter 15. And he tells them, tonight I no longer call you servants, but tonight I call you friends. Now love one another as I love you. I am laying down my life for my friends. You notice, he doesn't say, laying down my life for my family, for my neighbor, for my lover. He says, for my friends. Because this comes back to our original thought. Because friendship is a choice. And Christ was trying to demonstrate to his disciples that I have chosen you. Now do the same to those around you. Be a friend who looks like me. And in this moment, the, the whole of history can be understood in terms of friendship. The God of the Bible is, is a friendship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are made in the image of God, meaning we need friendship. Back in Genesis chapter 3, God came walking in the cool of the garden, and walking in the garden was always a metaphor, a Hebrew metaphor for friendship. What that means is that God made us for friendship with him and with others. And then we look at how Christ, as our friend, responds to us when we fall short. When we betrayed him, when we turned on him, Jesus says, I'm a friend that's constant. I'm a friend that loves you at all times. I'm a friend that cares. I see the brokenness in your life and in the world around you, and I'm not going to just be up here looking. I'm going to come down there and be with you. And I'm a friend who tells you the truth because I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I want you to come into relationship with me. Jesus is telling us that I am the ultimate friend that loves at all times, that cares for your emotional well-being, that speaks truth, that gives counsel that flourishes. I am the ultimate friend that's going to stick with you so you are not ruined because that's what Christ came as, as that friend to keep us from ruin you may have many companions that lead you to ruin but a true friend will actually advocate for ruin to be overcome so this is the power that we are given And I felt this encouragement upon my heart, and I want to share it with you. When you hear these building blocks, don't let them glaze over, but also don't let them fall like guilt and shame. Let's not be sheepish and forlorn, but let's be hopeful and expectant as we look to Jesus as the ultimate friend and example that we need for us in our relationships because when we have a revelation of the relationship that we have with Christ, 
the foundation of our relationships with others, the common love that we might discover is something more than simply a TV show or a video game or a hangout time or a record. Those things all are great. But how much more would it be if it was the love of Christ that was at the foundation of our friendship? How much more would care come easier? Would candor and truth-telling be hopeful and expectant? Because no longer is it based upon my strength, but it's based upon his. That I look to Christ as my strength in every season, in every space. And maybe we need to do that just this morning, especially in our friendships. So here's just my take-home thought for you. Do we have space in our lives to discover and forge friendships? Are you available? Do you make yourself available? Not just for the people around you, but for the people the Holy Spirit might be leading you toward. And in the friendships that we have, are we the friends to others that Jesus is to us? Your friends, my friends, need friends like Jesus. So how can we start being that today? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for just the spirit of, of healing and peace that meets us in this room this morning pray against any guilt or shame or regret that might have arisen when we're talking about these building blocks of friendship. And I just pray that they're overcome by the love, hope, peace, and joy that we find in you. I pray that where our hearts would look to strive, we would rather come and find relationship with you first and let that be the foundation. I pray that we are a church that prioritizes friendships for the flourishing of your kingdom around us. That your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you that friendship is a divine call that you give to us. So where it has fallen to the wayside, we repent. And we turn around and we go back to the calling that you're laying before us this morning. May we look more like you. May we be people who are constant, caring, and full of candor because of our foundation and revelation of relationship with you. And for those of us this morning that might be just searching for you and not really sure of what that looks like or how to get there, I just pray for peace upon those hearts. And Holy Spirit, would you just encourage and comfort them. Meet them where they're at. Thank you for the gift of this moment, gift of this community. Make us more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it encouraged and blessed you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. 
Have a great week.